0: Hey Crosspoint, this is Tyler. I am doing our Wednesday Word series today, May the 13th. This morning we are going to look at Galatians chapter 2, and we'll really be focusing in on verse 20, but I want to read uh, verses 15 through 21 to give ourselves a little bit fuller context. So Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So Paul's major concern here for these Galatian believers, and here in Galatia, these these Christians, they were struggling with this idea of whether or not they should still be doing works of the law. So really, the Galatians were struggling with ceremonial aspects. Okay, yeah, we we are fine with Jesus. We're fine with him dying for us. But shouldn't we still be doing circumcision? Shouldn't we still be following feasts? Shouldn't we still be doing those types of things? And Paul's major concern for them is not necessarily that they are doing these things but rather that they think these types of works or, or these institutions will somehow be seen as a means of becoming righteous in these Galatians' minds. And so at the very outset, Paul's major concern is a right understanding of how a person actually becomes righteous before God. Essentially, he's answering the question, how exactly does that happen? And this is a this is an important question. Bringing it out of the book of Galatians, bringing it out of Galatia here to Columbus, Georgia and wherever you're listening from, this is an important question that not only have you had to ask at the inauguration of your faith, this is a question that you will revisit time and time again in your faith. It's it's not a one and done type of thing. You will at various moments in your Christian walk be faced with the question Okay, how exactly am I righteous before God? How exactly do I please the Lord my God? And Paul's answer is actually pretty simple. Now, there's a few parts to it, but essentially it begins with this. I have become righteous before God by dying to the fleshly pursuits of righteousness. Essentially, what he is saying is the law was given for me to do in order to have a right standing before God. Uh, A famous theologian, and at one time I believe he was the uh, president of Princeton Seminary, J. Gresham Machen, he says this, Paul is contending in this great epistle not for a spiritual view of the law, as over against externalism or ceremonialism. He is contending for the grace of God as over against human merit in any form. And so Paul, let's be clear, he's not saying the law was ineffective to do what God intended it to do. He's saying, no, it wasn't an issue with the law. The law wasn't the issue with me becoming righteous. The issue was me. The law actually did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it showed me, it revealed to me like a school teacher that I did not have the capabilities of actually doing everything that God required of me. And so when he is saying initially, I died to myself, and in dying to myself, I died to the law, what he is saying is, I gave up trying to win God's affection. I I gave up trying to make myself righteous in the eyes of God. And so then he he goes on, and he continues in, in verse 20, and he tells us that it's actually Jesus who fulfills the law for me and then enables me to live the life that I've been called to. So in essence, Jesus not only fulfills and and does the law perfect on my behalf, he then leaves me with the Holy Spirit to be able to live out a righteous life before A holy God. In essence, Paul is saying, My life has become dominated and defined by Christ. He cast off my old self when He regenerated me by faith through grace, and now He continues that work in me even now. So that's kind of a a short explanation of this passage of scripture. Now let's seek to apply it. How does this actually? Come to help us, because when Martin Luther, the great reformer, was um, historically standing for justification by faith alone, the the um, the Duke of, of Saxony, Duke uh, George, famously said this uh, of the doctrine of justification: It's a great doctrine to die by, but a lousy one to live with. And and I think essentially what he's saying there is, okay, yeah, you 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 justification by faith people. You, you want to live your lives as if you have nothing to do. God has done all the work and now you can just move on. Well, that wasn't Martin Luther's idea and that's certainly not Paul's idea. Justification, God's grace, Jesus dying for us to become righteous before God does not mean we become static or ineffective Christians in our daily walk. So let's, let's apply this very quickly. Obviously, we are all acquainted with the struggles of sin. Thank God that Paul has penned this letter and these words to remind us that the grace of the gospel is our only standing before a holy, perfect God. That we are not under his judgment based on what we do or can't do but neither are we righteous in God's eyes based on what we can and can't do. And so we get to essentially live this Christian life knowing that we are righteous, we are made perfect in the eyes of God, not because of our our excellencies or our shortcomings, but rather simply because what Christ has done. How freeing is? is that even right now in this moment just think about your struggles with sin your the the temptations you face on a daily basis praise god that it is not up to you to be able to successfully stay off every temptation to sin in order to remain in a right relationship with god it is the work of jesus and his work alone that makes us and keeps us righteous and then secondly too uh, just kind of an extension of that, and encouragement is this, is that sin isn't a losing battle. Christ has secured the victory, and he enables us, or rather, he releases us to attack our sin. Jesus didn't just die and go to heaven and then leave things up to us. Okay, you guys have been made righteous, now you have to somehow maintain this righteousness. No, He he completed the battle. He put sin to death in our lives. He, he has essentially let the lion out of the cage that we might, in moments of temptation, in moments of failure of sin, that we might be able to get up and fight another fight to be able to resolve to not give into this sin again. And so when Christ went to the cross, he, he, he made us people of faith. And so even in the midst of our failures, He has given us the ability to to cast our fears and our anxieties. He's given us the ability to cast our hopeless feelings upon Him and upon His work on the cross. Fighting sin is difficult, and there are moments when you feel and when I feel like the fight is not going well, and yet the reminder is that the cross is the success for the believer. It's not whether we are fighting the best that given day. It is simply the cross of Jesus Christ that is our victory. And we get to live with faith and hope, knowing that even on our worst days, God does not see us differently. But then, uh, kind of the opposite side of that coin, um, our righteousness or our merit before God, it, it is by faith, yes. But that faith, it is worked out or expressed in our works in our desire to be more like Christ, to put Christ on and to to reveal Christ in our lives, to, to hate our sin and desire righteousness, godliness, and holiness more than fulfilling the desires and passions of the flesh. And so on one hand, yes, this is our victory, but also its reality is physically pictured in the way in which we live our life. But to sum it all up, it is not up to us to be able to become righteous before God. It is a work of Christ that we can simply gain or inherit by faith and trust in his work on the cross on our behalf. And yet it's that very faith that releases us and enables us to fight the Christian fight successfully. To when we take two steps forward and one step back, to be able to sit there in a moment and to work our foot out of the swampy mud and to take two more steps forward, knowing that we may have one more step back. It releases us to know that the marathon, the fight, it's all worth fighting for, because in the end, we will receive exactly what Christ has given us. Crosspoint, thank you for spending a bit of time with me today. I pray that this is encouraging to you, and I look forward to the time that we can gather together and then we can live out and work out our faith corporately. Have a great day.